This is the Lost Start of Communication, hosted by Molly and Trisha. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Lost Start of Communication podcast. Today's episode will be about conversation basics. We'll talk about how to make a good conversation, how to be an engaging conversationalist, and how to enjoy conversations more for yourself. Me and Trisha have a lot of practice being conversationalists. We talk every week, and um, just so you know, we try and keep these episodes unedited so you'll hear our real conversations and how we're trying to put the strategies we share with you today into practice. Sometimes they'll work, sometimes they don't, but that's real life, so welcome to it. Mm-hmm. So breaking it down to really the fundamental principles of making a good conversation, Molly, what do you think it is that makes someone a good conversationalist? I mean, Manian talk about this all the time, that most of conversation is listening. Mm-hmm. Um, that's basically what it boils down to. I actually work, um, as you probably heard in maybe other episodes, but I um, am a speech pathologist who works mostly with kids who have deficits in their social skills. Um, and we teach this all the time. Our guys are not good listeners. And that's what's so important in conversations is being a good listener. And I think that's Mm -hmm. sometimes counterintuitive to people because you think conversation is talking, but most of the time it is listening. Yes. Rule number one, making good conversation is learn how to actively listen to what people are saying and worry less about what it is you're going to say yourself. Because if you're listening well, the conversation will flow. And this doesn't mean pretending to listen and smiling and nodding because you know that's what you're supposed to do, but actively listening to hear what the other person has to say rather than focusing exclusively on yourself. I think something I do all the time, this is still, I work on this a lot because Mm -hmm. it doesn't come as naturally to me because I think I naturally am an anxious person. So I do want to think a lot about what I'm going to say next how is it going to fit in? What is this other person going to think of me if I don't say the right thing? Mm-hmm. But actually sitting and listening to what the person is actually saying will really help you say the right thing because you're listening and engaging to what they're saying. Yeah, it's very easy to get caught up in our own heads and we think, while this other person is talking, what am I going to say next? How am I going to respond? What will they think of me? So I think the best step in order to become a better listener is to really work on cultivating patience so that you don't become victim to that sense of urgency to talk right now. If we can learn to be patient and engage while the other person is talking, then we don't have to care about what we're going to say next because it will flow. So for example, there's a TED Talk by Celeste Headley called 10 Ways to Have a Better Conversation. And one thing that she mentions that I just love so much is she gets the question a lot, well, how do I show someone that I'm actively listening? Should I make eye contact? Should I nod? Should I smile? Yes, yes, and yes. But if you're actively listening and engaged with what the other person is saying, you don't have to think about those things. You'll naturally do them. You will nod in the right places. You will smile in the right places. You will turn your body in the right times. (laughs) Yeah, and it won't be a staged 
fabricated sense of, okay, I'm listening to you now because this is what I'm supposed to do, but this is a genuine connection and that's how we build our relationships in general. Something else to note is people absolutely love talking about themselves. Mm, Totally. So if you're the person who's listening, the other person is going to be having a great time. It's so funny how many times I'll have a conversation with someone and they'll literally talk about themselves for the entire conversation, learn absolutely nothing about me, and then after the fact say, wow, Trisha, you are so interesting. And it's like, you actually don't know anything about me, so it's really hard for you to say that, except that I like nodded and listened to what you had to say. Yep. Some of my best dates are when I get to talk about myself a little bit Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it makes me feel good and it makes me feel valued because the other person actually wants to know what I want to say. And because I work so hard to do it the other end so much, I'm always the one being like, tell me about you. It's nice to be asked about me a little bit. Um, Yeah. So it's really um, good to kind of let people talk about themselves too and be a good listener. Let them have that space. Yeah, and if you're not sure if you're good at listening or not, because I know a lot of people who are really genuinely amazing people, they care so much about others, and they always try to give back and to help, and they're very compassionate, but they also are not necessarily the best listeners, and in some ways can be kind of self-absorbed in their conversations. So I think a good way to monitor this, if you're not sure if you're actually a good listener, is to take note of, during a conversation, how many of your sentences begin with the word I. Mm -hmm. If everything you say starts with I or my or something about yourself, then you're going to realize that you're taking everything that the other person is saying, rather than commenting on it and building off of what they're saying, you're making it all about yourself. It doesn't mean you're necessarily doing that from a bad place. It's due to our natural desire to talk about ourselves and you're taking that time to do that. But think about how you're making the other person feel as well. And if you actually stop and engage with what they have to say, you're going to make them feel really good. And in my experience, the way to be a good communicator is to make other people want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. I think um, this happens to me a lot. I work really hard at this. Because my natural tendency during conversations is if someone is sharing a story about anything, I automatically start thinking about a time that I'm relating to that story. Mm-hmm. So, for example, say Trisha just went to Italy and she's telling me about this amazing time she had and this cool restaurant she went to. My brain automatically wants to start going to the time I went to Italy and the amazing food I had at this one restaurant, too, and I want to tell her about it to equate my... Um, stories to hers but that's not going to make Trisha feel as good and I bet Mm -hmm. I'll get to my point of the story later on anyway Mm -hmm. but the way that's going to make Trisha feel good and show that I'm being a good listener is to engage and talk about and comment on the kind of story that she just shared. Mm -hmm. So I love that you mentioned that because this brings up a second really critical point. Once you've established the ability to listen and you're making sure you're not turning everything to be about yourself. The other really important factor in making a good conversation is making sure to share as well. 
Mm-hmm. So, yes, we want to listen to what the other person has to say, but we also want to relate to that person. So if, for example, I'm talking about my experience in Italy, what Molly could do is comment on that, wow, that's so interesting, and then once I have said my piece, say, you know, when I was in Italy, a similar thing happened, and that way we can bond over that. It's really frustrating yeah. sometimes when... I find it frustrating when someone asks me a bunch of questions and yes, they're listening to me, but then they don't share anything about themselves because it feels like a one-sided conversation. And it's all about that, sorry, it's all about that nuanced timing too. Mm -hmm. You don't want to jump into right into your own conversation. It has to be kind of timed well so you let the other person know, hey, I am listening to you. Mm -hmm. Um, and I want to validate the fact that you're sharing this really cool story with me, um, and then go back and forth and share and talk and share that talk time with each other. Yeah. Really conversations you can think of almost like a tennis match. It doesn't have to be, I talk, you talk, I talk, you talk, but if it's a back and forth volley, then Mm -hmm. it'll, won't feel one-sided. One person doesn't walk away thinking, wow, I just sat there and listened for a whole hour and I didn't get to talk. Or going back to what we were saying before, sometimes someone will talk the entire time and they'll feel really good about it. And that's okay sometimes. But I think as a chronic listener, I do enjoy (laughs) talking, but I also have a lot of patience. I'm really, I like to think that I'm pretty good at listening. A lot of people come to me with things because I'm able to do that and it doesn't, I genuinely enjoy listening to other people, but sometimes I have the problem of listening so much that I forget to actually talk about myself and I forget to share. And that's not healthy necessarily for me. And also I had it happen the other day, actually, where I was telling a story and someone said, why didn't you tell me this sooner? I can't believe you were withholding this from me. And it's not that I decided actively not to tell them this story it's because I'm always listening to her stories that I never Mm -hmm. really jumped in and said it and so for people who are really empathetic and chronic listeners it's important to take time to make sure you have those people in your lives who you can share with I was gonna say it also does fall on the other person though to give you Mm -hmm. that space to want to share so Mm -hmm. as a chronic listener it's you know important to find that space but also talk to people who give you that space yeah it's really funny when every week when molly and i talk (laughs) we used to start the conversation with you go first no no you i want to hear about you and now i think that we have an understanding we both will share at some point and uh, it's okay and we take that time to say look right now it's my time to talk and then of course if for example it's my time to talk molly will contribute to the conversation. I'm not giving a speech, then she gives her speech. It's still a back and forth, (laughs) but it's who has the main focus. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I think I always come away from our conversations really fulfilled and like excited. So I think the way we do it is pretty darn good. (laughs) Yeah. And even the other day when we were talking on the phone, Molly had to go to the grocery store, and so she asked me at the end, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Did I forget about anything? And it's just <laughs> so nice because I know that she really cares. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> so, Molly, what is the analogy you use with your students about the pie? 
Oh, yeah. Um, so first off, I do want to preface that we're mm-hmm. talking about conversations right now, um, and we're really, really only focusing on the words part of the conversation. Um, there's so much more to conversations. <laughs> there's the body language, there's the tone of voice, all of that stuff, but we're really focusing on the words. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I want to teach my kids um, about how they're using their words in a conversation, I'll talk about a pie. So sometimes I'll draw it out. Sometimes I will actually get like one of those wooden pizza toys. I don't know how many of you work with kids or have kids, (laughs) but you might know what that is. Um, But it's a good representation, kind of like a pie chart to show people how much of the conversation they are talking. So when we're having a conversation, I'll color in or put a piece of the toy pie into the middle every time they talk. And I use a different color, a different pie every time I talk. And it's a good visual representation to see, hey, you spoke for 90% of the time. I got in two words. Hmm. (laughs) Let's think about that. So kind of helping them visualize and think about that is really important. And it's a good thing you can do in your own brain. Mm-hmm. To kind of keep track of like, okay, how much have I monopolized the conversation? Or yeah. in me and Trisha's cases, how much have we let the other person monopolize the conversation? Mm-hmm. So thinking about that piece, I think it's really important to try and keep it even. Yeah. Like Trisha said, like a tennis match. I think that's awesome because as I mentioned before, a lot of people just don't have this awareness. We get caught up in our own worlds. We don't realize, hey, I'm talking nonstop and this other person hasn't said a word. So another, for example, I met this guy the other day and he was talking a lot and he, which is fine. I was happy listening. And then he said, oh gosh, I'm talking too much. Like, tell me about you. And so I was like, okay. And I said like one sentence and then he's like, oh yeah. And then goes on about his day again. It's like, you had your chance. You literally (laughs) acknowledge the fact that you're being a terrible listener and started talking about yourself again. But And how did you walk away from that conversation, Trisha? I'm not ever going to see him again. <laughs> not exclusively because of that, but it's, it's just funny how unaware so many people are and so many times people make the conversation about themselves not realizing it because they think, well, I need to relate to this person. So going back to the Italy example, yes, we want to relate to each other. If someone's telling a story and you have something in common with that story, share it, but don't let it feel like you're one-upping them or like you're turning the whole focus off of them and onto yourself. There are ways to relate, but make sure the other person has said their piece first and that even if so let's say you get really excited and you jump in and say oh my gosh I went to Italy too now tell me about your trip first and have the other person make sure so if you jump in too quickly and you share something that's okay but make sure you let the other person finish their point and you're not just cutting them off and taking the tennis ball and hoarding it for yourself because then the other person is just sitting there and they feel gypped Mm -hmm. and I think that's really um important to know because People, like we stated earlier, love talking about themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, But you got to kind of fight that instinct to think about the other person and say, hey, why is this person attempting to share this with me? Because they want to connect with me. So let's give them that space and do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I've had a friend before, a couple friends actually, this happens a lot to me, just um, 
if someone does that where they jump in and try and share their own story before I've really gotten a chance to go into what I wanted to say, mm-hmm. I think it makes me feel honestly, like you just said, like they're trying to one up me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. are we having a competition of our stories? I, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> I just wanted yeah. to share about this one time. And now it feels like we're like, but I did this. No, I did this. And then it becomes silly and weird. Yeah. Another really important thing to do is recognize when someone else wants to go deeper into something. So for example, if they say last week I took a trip to South Carolina and you say, okay, cool. Last week I was working all week. Then you're not really engaging with what they had to say. Maybe they wanted to talk more about South Carolina. And listening comes with more than just your ears. You have to mm-hmm. listen with your eyes and body too. And if you're noticing they got really excited when they started, when they said, I went on a trip to South Carolina, mm-hmm. kind of make a smart guess like, hey, I bet they want to chat about that. <laughs> or if they're like, I went to South Carolina. But anyways, maybe they don't. But most of the time they probably do. And it's really, really important to recognize that. Mm-hmm. And I've said this like 20 times this episode, but give them the space to share that. <laughs> I've had so many bad dates. I'm allowed to say this because I don't think any person would listen to this that I've been on a bad date. <laughs> <laughs> they all um, Oh, yes. Um, but, I mean, I can be kind of annoying, too, because I will test out these people. <laughs> and I'll give them, like, these bids. And mm-hmm. it'll kind of be like, hey, um, I went to, I can't think of anything besides South Carolina right now, but like, (laughs) um, I went on a trip the other weekend. It was so great. And then pause and I'll see what they do. Cause Mm -hmm. I'm testy. (laughs) A lot of the times they go, Oh cool. Oh my gosh. I went on a trip too. And it's, it's very telling. It's like, Oh, you don't want to listen to me. All right. Moving on. (laughs) Yeah. So Molly has explained this to me as being a conversational bid. So a conversational bid, it's where you're giving someone the chance to pick up on that bid and take it. It's like you're putting the ball in their court, asking them to throw it back to you, but either you can throw the ball back or you can take it for yourself. And so you really want to make sure you're picking up on other people's conversational bids and uh, following up with that so that they get the chance to share what it is they want to share. And it's also, like, I just explained it as, like, testing men in my dates, which Mm -hmm. (laughs) I do sometimes, but it's also a good strategy to use in other situations. So you can practice not monopolizing the conversation Mm -hmm. because if someone's getting tired of hearing you talk, they won't pick up on the conversational bit either. (laughs) So if you're talking for hours and hours and then you go, oh, anyways, I also did this. And it's like, all right, cool. You just talked for an hour. I don't want to pick up on that one. Let's move on to my thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing that I just thought of that can be frustrating, especially for if you're a good listener, is when someone goes on and on and on and you want to comment on something they've said. So if they're saying, oh, and then I did this and then I went to the movies and then I read this book and then I go and they're talking about, let's say they read a book that you recently read and you want to comment and say, oh my gosh, I read that too. And you want to share that experience with them, but they keep going and say, okay, I've talked enough. Let's change the subject. And then you never get the chance to relate on that. That happens to me a lot with this one person that I have in mind, but I know that happens to me a lot too. It's really funny because then you're like, oh, now I can't go back to that because that was five minutes ago that you mentioned the book I wanted to connect with you on. So I can't be like, 
Oh, yeah. Back to that other point. Like, it's just weird, <laughs> so it doesn't work. Um, so giving that space... I'm going to say this 20 more times, giving people the space to share and do the back and forth in the conversation. You want to not only pick up on other people's bids, but make sure you're giving them bids too. I recognize too that often when people are nervous, as one would be if they're on a date with Molly because (laughs) she's beautiful and amazing. Oh, thanks. But when people are nervous, it's very easy to start talking about yourself nonstop because it's comfortable and it's making you feel good. And if someone like Molly is giving you the space to do that, then you're going to go on and on and on and maybe not be so conscientious of the other person and how they're feeling. But it's something that we can all work on. So if you know when you're nervous, your tendency is to ramble, then try to pause and say, okay, when can I stop talking instead of, again, becoming victim to that sense of anxiety making a conscious, active effort to stop and listen to the other person. And then think how good it is to just sit there and listen and not have the pressure Mm -hmm. of talking. It's great. If I ever Mm -hmm. start noticing rambling, I'll just say, and what about you? And it's like, all right, pressure is off for a good, like, couple minutes. It's great. (laughs) Yeah. I, like, I love listening. I love when people just, like, come up and tell me their stories. And it's another tip if you want to be a good listener so two thoughts first is when people ask me how do I be a better listener yes there are certain steps you can take and rules that you can follow but at the end of the day if it's a calculated okay I'm going to not talk right now and then I'll make this a back and forth tennis match it's not going to feel natural and it's not going to be genuine so if you honestly want to be a good listener It's about getting to the root of the cause and caring about what other people have to say. Mm -hmm. People say, how do I listen more? Care. (laughs) Actually want to learn about what the other person is saying. You learn so much about people when you listen. Like, I feel like I've opened up my Mm -hmm. whole world by, like, just actually listening to people's stories and saying, oh, like, that's an experience they had that's really cool. And you just open up your mind to people. Mm -hmm. It's great. Make it a game going into the conversation. How much can I learn about this person that I didn't know before? My grandfather used to, every time he took a plane, he would make sure before he got off the plane, he knew something about the person on his right and something about the person on his left. And that's such a great way to connect with people and learn things that you wouldn't have otherwise learned. Mm -hmm. If you'd just been talking about yourself, you already knew all those things. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think another point on the vein of listening, mm-hmm. thinking even about future conversations with that piece, future conversations with that person, if you mm-hmm. listened in the past, you have things to bring up in the future. Look at that. Like mm-hmm. it makes your conversation so much easier and it makes you know, makes the other person know that you actually did listen. So Trisha went on a trip to Italy. I can like bring it up in another conversation like oh yeah when you went on the trip to Italy like la di da di da I don't know you can talk about it or you can say hey how was Mm -hmm. your trip to Italy after she gets back like it's just so much easier and those again seems so basic but sometimes it's not and especially making new friends Mm. is difficult especially if you're an adult and you're not in school anymore if you meet someone for the first time and just spend the whole time talking about yourself and not learning about them like Molly said What are you going to talk about next time? You're just going to keep talking about yourself? You're not going to have anything to ask them or start the conversation with. 
we teach um, at the clinic we work at, I teach kids how mm-hmm. to use their people files. Um, mm-hmm. That is a strategy. If you think about it in our brains, when I interact with someone that I know, I'll pull out that file from my brain and say, okay, what do I know about Trisha? I know that Trisha mm-hmm. loves talking about this stuff. I know that she just got a new dog and I know that this and this and this. So using that information that I already know in my file about her, I can bring up all these cool things to make her know that, like, I listened in the past and I want to listen more. Mm-hmm. And again, it goes back to that genuine desire to learn more. It'll make everything easier. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, it might involve some mindfulness and you might have to actively think about these things. But over time, the hope is that you increase your desire to connect with other people and that can improve your empathy and your overall relationships if you're not thinking so much about how you're performing in the relationship you take the focus off yourself and think about how they're doing and how they're feeling then you'll feel better as a result totally yeah and again this doesn't have to be for every single person that you interact with because you're gonna not like some people (laughs) like you don't have to create these (laughs) amazing friendships with people you don't like but if you really do Mm want to be seen as a good listener and a seen as a good friend or boyfriend girlfriend conversationalist yeah it's important. Even if you're talking to someone you don't particularly enjoy talking to, if they think you're a good conversationalist, then you're going to walk out of that in a positive light mm. as opposed to True. negative. Yeah. Another thought, if you are someone who wants to improve your skills with listening, as we've mentioned, is kind of a good thing to do. Another thing is when you're listening and actively listening and genuinely connecting, you want to try to not be judgmental. And again, this comes as it sounds very basic, but if when we're taking in what other people are saying, if we're constantly judging them or making them feel badly about sharing, they're not going to want to share with us and that's going to limit the ability to connect with them. And think about how you feel when somebody judges you for something you've said. Totally. For example, one time I met this guy on the subway and he very quickly opened up to me about his history with cocaine addiction, his divorce, his children, his ex-wife who now has a restraining order against him and all this stuff. And it turned into this whole big thing. But I realized after the fact, the reason that he was so quick to share those things with me is because I didn't react negatively to what he was saying. I just listen. I think that's what he wanted and that's what he needed. And no, we're not friends now. And we're nothing came of that except that he got that space to do that. And I think he really needed that. Not saying we have to do that for everyone because that can be a bit much too, because people who are empathetic take on other people's problems. It can be challenging in that sense. But I realized from that, that really even if you don't agree with something that someone is saying, not judging them for it, taking it objectively and empathizing with them will help people want to open up to you. And then it'll make you more comfortable opening up with them as well. Because once one person shows their vulnerability, it's a lot easier for the other person to do the same. Whereas if we're constantly on the defensive because we're afraid the other person is going to judge us, then the whole conversation is going to be stifled and the connection is not going to get as deep. Mm -hmm. And when you are actually listening, you will probably realize that the person, hopefully, has a reason behind all these things that you really shouldn't judge. And Mm -hmm. if you really, really listen, you'll find that out. Their true intentions Mm -hmm. and stories. Exactly. 
Yeah. Great. So what are some action steps that we can give people to be better conversationalists? Yes, those action steps. Hmm. So one thing to just make a note of is make sure if you are following these quote-unquote rules, you don't need to acknowledge them. Hmm. So, for example, I one time met a guy who clearly had heard that listening is a good thing and he asked me question after question after question and before I could even share anything he was on to the next question and I felt like I was being interviewed so again make sure there's some balance it should feel back and forth but you also don't want to say hey I'm listening to you now because that's what I'm supposed to do or hey I'm I I'm sorry for you can say sorry for talking too much if you realize that after the fact but try not to make it such a structured obvious thing Keep these rules in the back of your mind and focus on the genuine connection rather than saying the right thing at exactly the right time. Totally. I think my take home will be give people space because I said it 1,200 times this episode. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But like pausing in your conversations a couple times to be like, hey, did they maybe want to say something? (laughs) Um, And noticing how much talk time you are using in a conversation I think is really, really important too. Yeah, and I think a tangible way to do that is the next time you meet a stranger or the next time you interact with a coworker or a friend or a family member, basically the next time you have a conversation, walk away from the conversation and ask yourself, what did I learn about them that I didn't know before? Totally. And if your answer is nothing, you got some work to do. That's okay. Take that as a a learning opportunity and say, all right, wow, I actually didn't ask them as much as I would have liked to. So what can I do next time to make sure? But again, try not to make it too calculated where the next time you see them, you say, hey, so what do you have for dinner? Or hey, I want to learn one more thing about you. Can you tell me that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Make it something you're genuinely curious about that you want to learn about them. Well, I hope this helped you guys. I know, again, this was an episode on the conversation basics, so... Mm-hmm. We're going to get in a lot mm-hmm. of the nuanced things in conversation in future episodes. Um, but this is just the basics. Be a listener. Yeah. And <laughs> another note good. primarily applies to in-person and phone conversations. Obviously, if you're texting, listening is different because you're reading, not actually listening. But it's still a similar thing applies with the you want to go back and forth, you don't want to dominate it too much. That's a great visual though when you're texting is to see how much of the pie you're taking up. How many blue texts are there? (laughs) Or green I guess. (laughs) Yeah I actually feel like that's a really good way to monitor because you can tell I personally feel really self-conscious if I it's all me and none of them I'd be like I'm not I'm not asking enough I'm talking too much and and so monitor that for yourself. Totally. Great. If you have questions, thoughts, concerns about anything from today's episode, or you have a story you want to share with us, please feel free to reach out at lostartofcommunication at gmail.com. Awesome, guys. Thanks for listening. We will be back with another episode next week.